him down. Mr. Yeah, um, Mr. B. Mr. B. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real one. I don't use it, but it's not your vocab. Down to dog. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLS Media, DailyThunder.com. Also featured on Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. With me today, or tonight, I've got my friend Alex Spears on the line. Alex, what's up? Cut my life into pieces. Andrew. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> I had to make sure I stopped that, because I could not find the unedited version. <laughs> oh, if you're listening and you, so angry. and you don't know, the Thunder lost. To the Boston Celtics, ninety-nine to one hundred, and let me break down. Let me break this down for you a little bit. So 24, 24 seconds left. Russell Westbrook just makes two free throws. The Thunder are up ninety-eight to ninety-two with twenty-four seconds left. And you think, that's oh, pretty that's pretty good. It sounds good. The Thunder should have this game put away. What e- happened after that? Easily. Uh, Jason Tatum makes a layup. Fine. You know what? You say, give him the two points. We don't want threes. Uh, Russell misses a free throw. His first of two free throws makes his second. 99-94. Rozier makes a a ridiculous three. Uh, Right in the face of Russ. 99-97. Still, you're like, okay, you know what? It's a two-point game. No problem. They foul Mello. Mello misses both. So it's a two-point game. Celtics have the ball. They the Thunder played great defense, like they really did. And uh, I, I mean, you would you would believe that the Thunder would just just gave the game away here at the end. Like it took some incredible luck for the Thunder to lose this game for the, the for the Celtics to win it. It just took a, an incredible amount of luck. Marcus Morris really well defended by Paul George. Paul flies by him. Marcus dribbles, takes a step over, heavily defended by Stephen Adams swishes this three with one second left. The Thunder throw the ball into Russ. Russ gets his best, the best look at a three that he could get, misses, game over. It, you know, if you're if you're a Thunder fan and you didn't see this kind of performance coming, I really don't know if I can help you. <laughs> because like this is like classic this Thunder team, right, Alex? Well, yes, but... They had. I felt like we had turned a corner. I thought we were past this. I thought this part, of this this aspect of this team was gone. I thought we were Corey. It was the Corey Brewer era, Andrew. <laughs> Everything was different now, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this game, this team goes as Russ goes, and you know, Russ had a fine game tonight. Twenty-seven points. He's nine of twenty-one from the field. He took five threes, and if you like, you want to look at a number like that's kind of a number for him to take five threes. Is <laughs> hey, all you number lookers out there, <laughs> check out this one: seven assists, eight, eight boards. Like he he had five turnovers, and I think that's kind of the the big problem is that he turned the ball over too much tonight. Um, 
Mello couldn't buy a shot tonight. Five of 13. He had 13 points on 13 shots. Like, that's not okay. Corey Brewer, for has great, he's been great, and he hit. He took six threes. He made one, and that one was one of the biggest shots of the game. Like, it, you look back, it doesn't really matter right now because the Thunder have lost the game. You don't really care about that, but it was a huge shot at the time. Uh, well, honestly, that's what made the collapse so frustrating is that they had that run. So it was 81-82 with four minutes left, mm-hmm. and OKC made their next four threes in a row to go up by six points with a minute 53 left. And that was Carmelo made a three. Corey Brewer made a three. Carmelo actually made two threes. And then Paul George made another three. And you were like, okay, this is great. Like the T they just decided to turn it on. Like, yeah, it was super annoying, but at least they finally decided to turn it on. This is great. And at that point you figured, well, it's over. It's six points. Yeah. Well, well, and 99 times out of a hundred, the thunder win that game. Like, well, did you did you see that stat that uh, ESPN just put up? Mm-mm. Royce retweeted it. So the Celtics trailed by five with sixteen point eight seconds to go. Teams were zero and eight hundred and eighty four this season when trailing by five or more in the final twenty seconds. I mean, it, it honestly it took so much luck for that game to happen the way that it did, and I know it's frustrating. I get it. And the Thunder, like, defensively, I didn't think they played it all that bad. Like, the the Celtics, like, you just have to give them credit because they hit just crazy shots. That Marcus Morris three was crazy. That Terry Rozier three was crazy. I mean, that, it's, it's just the, I mean, literally the ball just did not bounce the way of the Thunder. You know, Melo didn't, like, will the, the ball to not go in during those free throws. Like, he shot them like he normally does, and they just happened to not go in. And the luck was on the other side for the Celtics in that last 24 seconds. And it was just an amazing choke job by the Thunder. But it was honestly just luck. And, the, like, I'm, I don't know. Like, I'm not... Am I, like, worried? No. Am I a little frustrated by the win, by the loss? Yeah. But honestly, like, there, sh- there should not be a lot taken away. Like, if you told me that the Thunder came away one-on-one on this road trip, I would say, you know what, that's an extremely successful road trip for this Thunder team that have been 500 on the road this season. Uh, and, you know, to come away from, you, you know, the, the Celtics, I don't care who's on that team. I don't care who's playing. I don't, it doesn't matter. They're very much like the Spurs in that aspect. Like, you know what you're getting. It doesn't matter who plays. Like, you're going to get a team that plays great defense. You're going to get a team that moves the ball really well. They're going to hunt good shots and they're going to find them. And, you know, credit to the Celtics in some ways, but also, like, the Thunder just had really bad luck. That, that Shane Larkin three to go into the fourth quarter it was just a lucky shot. Like, they just, right. they just hit a ton of lucky shots tonight. And you know what? Like, you cannot be too down on this Thunder team for that. Like, you just really, can't. you just can't. Are you just saying that because you're on vacation right now? You're you're all relaxed. <laughs> you didn't have to work all day. You're in a hotel. It sounds like you're in like an auditorium. Now that you mentioned the echo thing, <laughs> I told you it's not good. I'm in this room that was supposed to be prepared for a spa room. And it's like the only place where there's like not other people, but it's the sound quality may not be great. So I'm sorry about that. I like to imagine that you're doing like a live pod for like four people (laughs) in some random hotel room, but they can't hear you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They can only hear me (laughs) talking Uh, to myself. So 
if you don't want to be an optimist like Andrew and you want to be a pessimist like me, uh, the two biggest things for me, one was free throws, obviously. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the game, Thunder shot 19 for 29 for 65.5%. Boston shot 15 to 16, yeah. 94%. The other thing was the bench. So sure. Ferguson, Patterson, Felton, Abrinas, and Hustis combined for one of eight from the field, O of two from three. Uh, that if, if, if you're not a big fan of Ferguson, if you still kind of believe that, that he maybe shouldn't be playing that much, well, he was the uh, second most played off the bench tonight behind Patrick Patterson. Um, now, the one good thing I will say is he did not, Donovan did not use the all bench lineup that much tonight. Mm-hmm. And I actually decided to go back, Andrew. I did a, I did a, a deep dive on some stats for you. Uh, so since the uh, what was the game of oh, the Houston game? So that was the first game that Corey Brewer was the starter, I believe. He did not start that night, but it, it was the game, start. the game before he started. Okay, so so since the Houston game, the when they've played teams over five hundred, the all bench units have only played two and a half minutes per game, whereas when they play teams below five hundred they're playing over seven minutes a game. Hmm. So it's like only a five minute difference, but you know, we've talked about how uh, Donovan coaches differently depending on who they're playing, Mm -hmm. depending on the competition. And because I've been worried lately about those all bench units, like, is he really going to do this in the playoffs? (laughs) And like tonight we actually saw a little like mellow bench unit right at the end of the third quarter. And then they brought back, Paul George really quick in the fourth quarter. I think they, he only let the bench unit play like a minute and a half. So that that was one uh, silver lining takeaway that I had. Um, if you want to, if you want to feel a little good about what's coming in the playoffs, yeah. I mean, I don't think that we'll see all bench lineups in the playoffs. I mean, I, I would be shocked if we did. Um, I mean. We often think we're smarter than Billy Donovan, and maybe we should have that segment again on our show. Uh, I'm smarter than Billy Donovan, but the thing is, like, he's just trying to get everyone prepared just to see if they need to use Houston in a situation or if for some reason they need to use Ferguson or Abrinas or whoever. Uh, he's just trying to keep everybody ready. And, like, I, I get that. I understand that. Uh, but tonight, you're, you're right. The bench didn't show up tonight, and that, you know you get ten points off the bench in in games. You know, in the past two weeks, they got like fifty points out of their bench, and so like when the bench isn't producing at all, and you have to rely so heavily on the starters, and Mello has the game that he had. Like it's just tough to win against anybody. Uh, that you have to get some kind of bench production, uh, and, and they just weren't able to. And those guys really didn't even get that many shots either. But like they, they've got to hit those threes. Houston had a wide open three. They got him a really good shot, and he just missed it. Uh, Patterson comes in and he doesn't hit a shot. He makes two free throws, but like he's got to be able to score. Felton, he hit one shot and it was this garbage <laughs> mid range <laughs> two pointer. Uh, like he, Did you hear the fan? There was a Boston fan right after that that was yelling at him. No. I, th- I think he said like great shot ray <laughs> like something like that wow he was he was getting taunted all game <laughs> yeah ferguson <clears throat> he was oh of two uh i thought paul george played a great game 
He was nine of nineteen. He was five of eight from three. Uh, he only had one free throw. Like he's got to be more aggressive at getting to the free throw line. Uh, but he killed it on the boards. Thirteen rebounds. And he had so many threes that like answered threes, mm-hmm. like where Boston would have a great shot and he'd come right back down and just drain a three. He, I thought he was great tonight. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Adams, I thought he played a great game too, but there were some point-blank shots that he just missed as well, like right at the rim. He was 4-7, but I feel like I couldn't remember all three shots that he missed right at the rim. Uh, <laughs> and then, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I really... I, th- I think this is a good team. This Thunder team is a good team. I know that it's hard to like see that through what you just watched with the Celtics, but what they did against the Raptors like really showed me something. And I don't really care. Like I, I know the Thunder team looked at the Boston Celtics and saw who was on the floor, and they went down a gear. Like that's just what they do. Like this Thunder team, that's how, that's how they've lost to all these bad teams throughout the entire season. Is that they look across to who they're playing and they and they you know shift to whatever gear they feel like they need to be at. And is that frustrating as a fan? Of course. Uh, but I do think that this team, you know, they play the Heat. They they need to win these games at home that they have. They, I think they need to beat the Heat. I think that it would be really important for them to beat the Blazers, even though the Blazers are super hot right now. But I just think this team is still really well positioned to be a scary team come playoff time. I mean, is are the Thunder? I think the Thunder are probably the third most like quote unquote scary playoff team in the Western Conference. Like I know there's tons of hype behind the Portland Trail Blazers right now. Right, I get that. There's tons of hype behind the Utah Jazz right now. But at the end of the day, like the Thunder still have, they have Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Stephen Adams, Carmelo Anthony, and then they have, you know, a cast of guys that can show up at any given time in a Patrick Patterson, Corey Brewer, um, Alex Abrinas, Jeremy Grant. Like those guys can show up and they're not going to every game. But if you have one game where you, you get a, you know, 12.12 rebound Jeremy Grant game or you get a 3-3 Patrick Patterson game like this is still I think the third best team in the Western Conference their record doesn't say that I understand that uh, but I think if the if you gave truth serum to the Houston Rockets organization or the Golden State Warriors that they would say you know what I'd rather play the Blazers or I'd rather play Utah or I'd rather play anybody else but OKC because this team is still probably most equipped come playoff time and I don't, I don't know I just I, I'm just not that worried I, I think the thing that would worry me most is that they're now tied in the loss column with, <laughs> with everyone five six and seven <laughs> yeah uh, I think that's probably like the most worrisome thing but I, I can't imagine the Thunder will lose more games than the Pelicans or the Spurs going forward i can't believe we're only a game up on the pelicans it's unbelievable blows my mind well they won what are they they won tonight they They beat the mavericks but they won like 10 or was 11 in a row something like that like that's why and the thunder just haven't been able to if they could the thunder could put together a stretch like that like i think they would honestly they would be the three seed but they just haven't been able to put any sustained effort forth 
You know, and I mean, had had like Jalen Brown or Kyrie Irving played tonight, I think the Thunder win in a landslide. <laughs> but <laughs> but they but they saw uh, Abdel Nader across across there, and they say, you know what? Screw this. Screw this game. Um, <clears throat> but I still think that there's a ton of reason for optimism around this team. And I I get how frustrated you are as a fan today listening to this. But like you have to be like really optimistic because like, Corey Brewer is still kind of like the savior to the center team. He's made them a viable playoff contender to me. And it just his play alone and his ability to put everybody back in their correct spots uh, it's it's huge for this team, and if the Thunder can get Paul George and Russ playing well at the exact same time, this team still has a shot to make a Western Conference Finals run. And you may think that I sound crazy, and that's okay, but I think that those two can show up playoff time, and you're still looking at a really scary team. And a I think the like I said earlier, the Rockets and the Warriors are probably looking really closely as to who's going to play this team in the second round because it's it's going to be terrifying for either team. You know, uh, Blazers are playing the Rockets right now. Yeah. So that, that could be a loss. That could get us a little closer. Yeah, they're down by four right now in the second quarter. Oh, and you know, like the, the almighty Utah Jazz that everyone has been worshiping at the altar of for like the last like two months are only up one on the Atlanta Hawks with two minutes left. So, like, this happens. Like, every, like, any given night, like, a team can not play great and another team can play great. Like, that, like, that happens. You know, the, the, the Raptors, like, barely beat Orlando tonight. Like, that, that is like a part of the NBA. You know, like, you think that, like, it's not just, you know, your player stacks up against my player and we should win every time if my players have more talent than yours. Like, this is the NBA. Like, this is the best 400 players in the, in the entire world. Like, you're going to have nights where Terry Rozier goes off and you're going to have nights where your team doesn't play as well. Like, that's just a fact. And, you know, if Utah somehow blows this game to Atlanta, like, that really helps OKC. I don't think they will, but we can give you a live update on this podcast that you're going to listen to later <laughs> and already know the results. <laughs> <laughs> I thought a, a good foreshadowing moment during the game was uh, when Donovan was mic'd up in the huddle. So it was like at the it was like at the two minute mark in the third quarter, and those things are always so boring. I mean, I remember the ones with Scotty Brooks, where he would just basically say like "keep hustling, keep hustling," you know, like just really boring stuff. Uh, but Donovan, he was he was looking at the players. He was telling them, "Hey, we're getting outplayed right now. We're getting out hustled." And I really thought that that basically summed up the entire game. Like he was telling them, like, you guys just aren't trying hard enough. Yeah, we should be beating this team. And and he was telling them, like, the shots will come. And they did come. But they just kind of like they just let Boston hang around too long. They just let them outplay them. And uh, I I don't know. I just I just thought that was actually one of the few times when those in the huddle microphone things was was interesting. Yeah, and and that was I mean you could see it from the really from the beginning and even really after halftime like you could really notice a difference in effort and like everybody talks about like the will to win like you can rarely see like what the will to win looks like uh but you saw it in the Celtics the entire second half and I thought you saw it for the Thunder in spurts um but you didn't you didn't see it the whole time and 
that's I, and I get the frustration. Like I, I totally get it, but I think that you have to continue to look a little bit bigger picture now uh, with OKC. I think I don't think they're in danger of losing their like playoff spot. Like the the whole like the Thunder could be out of the playoffs entirely. Like I think that conversation is over. Uh, the Nuggets losing two in a row. I mean that's been huge. The Clippers have lost four in a row. I think that those are the two teams that are out. And then you look at, you know, Minnesota, Utah, San Antonio, Pelicans, Thunder are going to be there um, in some kind of order. I still suspect the Thunder will stay 4-5. Uh, and if they do, that's probably the best position for them to be in. And it would be ideal for them to get home court just because they've been way better when they played in OKC uh, so far this season. Um but really, any 4-5 or five matchup would be great. Honestly, if they can keep this Pelicans team somehow afloat in the 5 spot. That would be amazing. It would be great. That would be the most ideal matchup for OKC. Um, or even San Antonio at this point. I don't know when Kawhi is coming back or what that looks like or if they're going to be any better. I have no idea. Um, but, you know, the Thunder have always gotten the better of the Spurs. Or at least when the Thunder are healthy, they've gotten the better of the Spurs. So... Um, I think that would be interesting. But oh, I've asked I've asked this question to a few different people. Uh, who would you rather play in the first round, the Blazers or the Jazz? Uh, the Jazz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been great. Uh, they're incredible. Their defense is like historically good. I saw some stat today of like their death lineup. I think it was on Reddit. Their death lineup is like holding people to like a 71 defensive rating oh, wow. and the number and the number two team or the number two five man unit is in the nineties. I mean, it's just absurd what they're doing right now, but I would still rather play them than take my chance against McCullum and Willard. Yeah. I, I don't, and I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't understand that mentality that you know i'm really afraid of this utah team that means like you look at the data and you're terrified of the data but like when the game slows down like who's gonna score for that team like i love donovan mitchell and he's been like one of my guys since the draft if you listen to any of my draft coverage like that was a guy that i loved and would have loved for the thunder to get him but like you're not gonna put the the ball in donovan mitchell's hand and expect him to win a playoff series that's just like the expectations are just like wildly out of control there. Uh, but you certainly can with Lillard because he's done it. Like he's been there and he's done that. And if those two get hot for four games, like you're screwed. Like you're just screwed. And so I, I'm with you. I would rather play Utah uh, than the Trailblazers at this point. And, you know, I, I, I kind of expect the Blazers to kind of keep that three seed, so it's not really even going to be a possibility. But Utah may be a possibility for for Oklahoma City, and right. you know the Thunder have guys that can go to that can score uh, in the last minute of a game, and that's you know superstars matter more uh, in in the last you know few minutes of a playoff game than any other spot in the NBA. And the Thunder have got guys that can score. And that's, like, everybody complains about Melo. Oh, his defense is terrible. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. Oh, he misses. He missed the free throws tonight. Blah, blah, blah. But when it comes down to it, like, the Thunder may need buckets from him down the stretch. And he's a guy that's not afraid. He's a guy that can hit shots. Uh, and the Thunder may need that. And so 
there there will be times that he kills his team, but there's going to be times where he really helps OKC too. So having those guys helps a ton. Um, and you're and you know Utah, I'm, I'm just not that afraid of them in like a, in a playoff series. I, they could take a game or two from OKC, but ultimately I I wouldn't bat an eye at picking OKC to beat them. And also like. If Melo hits those free throws tonight, we're talking about how he hit those two clutch threes in the final three minutes mm-hmm. and like how he has the best plus minus on the team tonight. So, I mean, it, it was very it was a very unlucky night. Uh, although one thing about Melo, did you notice? Uh, so this was a players only broadcast tonight and they kept calling for Melo post ups and isos. <laughs> Like every time Melo would get in the post up, one of the one of the announce one of the player announcers would be like, "Oh, I love this, love this. Got to get him the ball. Got to let's see what he can do with it." <laughs> That's amazing. Um, one one thing that that I would complain about the Thunder offense tonight, like they they far too often take what the defense gives them, and what the defense gave them a lot with the starting five was Corey Brewer shots and. <laughs> Like they they need to be able to dictate who the ball is getting to and what kind of shots they're getting, and I know that Corey Brewer is sitting there wide open a lot of times, and he's been good lately. Um, but you you've got to get Paul George more than nineteen shots. You got to get Westbrook even more shots than he was getting, and more more than both of those things, you got to keep Stephen Adams involved. Seven shots is not enough. And there's a stat that the Thunder are seven and zero when Stephen Adams takes more shots than Melo, and I don't think that's like a noisy stat. I, I think that when you keep Adams involved, that this team is just better. Like he makes good, quick decisions. He makes good decisions with the ball when he has it in the high post, and he scores more often than not in the low post. Like give, he needs to have the ball more. Like like more than the players only guys loving the mellow mid post ups. Like <laughs> freaking give Adams the ball. Like the guy needs more opportunities. And as the game goes on, like they forget more and more that Stephen Adams is on this squad, and you he just needs to be more involved. Period. I have a feeling that's going to be like the major topic of conversation this summer. Like whether Paul George stays, but if, especially if he leaves, we will just be talking about how like Adams is going to be the number two on this team next year. And, and I think like, I think we deserve it as fans. Did you, just, he deserves- did you just say that Paul George is leaving? Making I him said, the number two. I said, if he leaves, I said, especially if he leaves. Okay. 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 Yeah, no, don't worry. <laughs> I'm not being that pessimistic yet. But I'm saying if he leaves, and even if he doesn't, I think the major topic of conversation is going to be Adam's offensive development next season. Yeah. So he'll be 25. He deserves it. Like everything everything that we've seen suggests that this guy could be like a legit offensive weapon night in and night out. And I just really want to see it. Because it, some nights he feels like he's unstoppable. Yeah, and he, and he he can be and should be against even a team like the Celtics, who play a smaller front line. I mean, they play Al Horford at the center, and he's he's undersized against Adams for sure. Uh, but he's such a smart defender, and they're, they're such a smart defensive team. And I feel like they kind of took that away some. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree that he and and one thing is that like he can shoot jumpers. Like I've seen it. Like I've seen Adams shoot mid-range jumpers and hit them with consistency 
Now he won't take that shot because he knows that it's a bad shot. And unless your name is like LaMarcus Aldridge or even Carmelo Anthony, who can both hit those shots with efficiency, like you can't, like he knows that he can't take those shots. But I just wonder if he'll ever, you know, scoot to the corner for like one or two shots there. And I know that mitigates his offensive rebounding, but I'm not talking about like 12 possessions where he's standing in the corner. I'm talking about where he'll just pop out every once in a while. Um, and I feel like he can be a like a multi-threat on the offensive end, you know, at least at some point in his career. Um but overall, like the Thunder just have to find ways to keep him involved because when he's involved, I feel like good things nearly always happen. So it's it, it, it's something that maybe I'll be complaining about for the next several years just because like <laughs> it's, and it's all in Adam's personality. Like it's the best and worst trait of Stephen Adams um, is that he is so unselfish. Like he's perfect for this Thunder team and that he's willing to do all the dirty work. And if he gets seven shots, he doesn't care. Um, But it's also, it's becoming one of his worst attributes as well, because as he continues to be more talented and continues to add touch on the offensive end and continues to add offensive moves, like he needs to be a guy that demands the ball and demands the attention a little bit more. And it'll be interesting how he evolves and as he, you know, gets older and more mature and things like that. Is he going to be a guy that says like, hey, like, listen, like here, look, take a look at my shooting percentages. Take a look at what I've done this season. You know, you need to give me the ball more. Um, so it, it is going to be interesting going forward uh, because he is incredibly talented and a guy that may be continually underrated. Like if when we talk about like NBA's most underrated players going forward, I think that you can put him on that list for and, until he decides that he is good enough to have the ball more. Um, because up until this point, like he just doesn't care. Like all he cares about is winning and doing whatever he can to win. And at some point that's going to involve him taking more shots and, I'm just not sure that he has like the mentality for that, like to demand something from a guy like Russ Mello or Paul George. Like he just, he looks up to those guys a lot. He knows that those guys are multi-time all-stars and he just doesn't even see him on the same plane as those three. Um, but on most nights he's been better than those three this season. And I, I just, I just know that he doesn't see that. Oh, Utah jazz update live update here. Oh, Hey, they lose to the Atlanta Hawks at home in Utah. (laughs) See like guys, this happens. This kind of crap happens. Like the, are the Utah jazz, you know, worse than the Hawks? Of course they're not. Do they have less talent than the Hawks? Of course not. But do they lose? Can you lose a game on any given night? Of course you can. The Utah jazz just locks the Atlanta Hawks at home. That helps the thunder tremendously, uh, in the lost column. Cause now they're a game up on the lost column with the jazz. Um, and that's a that's a that's a big time loss right there. The the Hawks outscored the Jazz thirty six to twenty seven in the fourth quarter. And the Jazz only scored ninety four points. That's, I think we should just start doing uh, live pods every night until yeah. the last game is just, over, just so people know what's happening. <laughs> but then release them the next day. <laughs> right. Well, that might happen today for this one. 
that the Stephen Adams point brings up something I've been thinking about a lot lately because uh, on the Dunked On podcast uh, about a week ago, they had like their top ten players rankings, mm-hmm. and one thing that was brought up, which I think I agree with, is that of all the legitimate superstars in the NBA, Westbrook is probably the most difficult to build around. And for some obvious reasons, one that he's a point guard, who can't really shoot and that he doesn't play great defense. So right off the bat, you're kind of like strapped in terms of what you need his backcourt mate to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Steven Adams is like the absolute perfect fit with Russell Westbrook. And it's just so amazing that they were able to team him up. But thinking about Corey Brewer and kind of seeing how he plays alongside Russell Westbrook, what do you take from the Corey Brewer experience going forward in terms of building around Russell Westbrook, like in terms of that two guard position? Because I look at Corey Brewer and like just compared to some of the other two guards that we've had, he's so much more active. And I wonder if that just that activity is something that you need to fit alongside Russell Westbrook. He He's I mean, this version of Corey Brewer is perfect because one he's covering a lot of ground on the defensive end um, with that activity two he keeps Russ engaged on the offensive end and playing fast right Uh, yes when he's on the court with Corey he's always looking up and waiting to see if Corey has somehow found a crease um, on a fast break that didn't really even exist and he's looking for him and he's always got his head up um, which is just a great thing for this Thunder team. He keeps this team playing fast on both ends. Uh, he's like ideal, like outside of like Andre Robertson, who I felt like had become kind of that ideal player next to Russ. He was cutting a lot. He was moving on the offensive end. He kept the ball moving on the offensive end. He doesn't leak out, um, not even close to as much as Corey Brewer does. Um, but the defensive end is perfect. But like Brewers, really good. And if you know if they can make some kind of run, like they'll bring him back. Like, and there's no question that they would. And you know, you can bring him back on a minimum minimum deal. You probably let Josh go at that point because if you're you know Robertson will be rehabbing and coming back. Um, like they'll they'll bring Corey back. And he's been great as the starter next to Russ and as a part of that second unit. And if somehow he can keep hitting corner threes and, you know, playing playing that way, like he's huge for this team. Like he he's and I don't even this doesn't make sense when it comes out of my mouth, but he's the reason why I believe the Thunder can get to the Western Conference Finals. So <laughs> like it's it's so weird, but like he is. Like b- before he was on this team, I thought, you know what, like the ceiling of this team is to win one game in the second round. You know, like that's the ceiling. Like I don't think they'd do any better than that. Um but now I'm like, you know, like if the Thunder get hot, they could they could beat one of these teams that no one expects them to. Like they could beat Houston if you know if they can get hot and if they can play the kind of defense that they're capable of. Like they could do it. And I maybe a majority of people think I sound like a, a crazy person, but you know, no one thought the Thunder could beat the Spurs. You know, I guess it was two years ago in the playoffs. 
Like nobody picked the Thunder in that series. The, the Spurs had played too well. They had you looked at all the regular season numbers and it just didn't add up. It just didn't make any sense. Everyone thought, you know, Fred Katz had just gotten his job at the Norman Transcript during that series and he thought, you know, I'm not I'm not going to travel that much. Like I'm not I'll be here for a little bit and then be able to enjoy the off season. Um, cuz no one thought that the Spurs would win. Like, or that the Thunder would beat the Spurs, and they did. And, you know, I feel like this Thunder team, while not as talented as that one from 2016, but they still have, like, that offensive ceiling that's way higher than what they've shown in the regular season. And so my, my optimism remains. I haven't uh, looked up these stats, but since Corey Brewer has been in the lineup, have they, do you know off the top of your head, if they've taken, like, more transition shots I, I assume I assume that they have, but I don't know for sure. It feels like that's one of the things he's bringing to this team, um, especially when we talk about keeping Westbrook active and how he always has his head up. Like I assume that that's the case, but I just haven't looked it up yet. I don't know off the top of my head, um, but I do know this: that they're fourth in net rating since Corey Brewer has started. Oh wow! And that they have a defensive rating of one hundred two and an offensive rating of, of one twelve. Um, which is like the 112, like that's an elite number. They're and that's that's in that span. They're eighth um, in offense, and then in that same span, they're fifth in defense. Defense has like dropped off a cliff for the league in this past <laughs> half of the season. Like you have some elite numbers at the top. Like you have the Jazz at an 86, the Spurs at 96, Boston 99, Blazers 101, then 102 for OKC, and then. Like you look at the Hornets, oh man, the Timberwolves are 29th in defense in the last seven games at a 116.4. They're tied with Atlanta in the last seven games, which is crazy. Um, but the Thunder are a good team. Like they've been a good team since Corey Brewer has been in the lineup. And I, I, I know that a guy that's like been bought out like that isn't supposed to make an impact like this, uh, but he has. And I, I, I would. I'd love to see the storyline if the Thunder make it to the West Finals. I will write a story on Daily Thunder that says Lakers help Thunder reach Western Conference Finals. And like that's <laughs> that's the title of it. Um, if I were to like put a percentage on it happening, like I would still say it's pretty low. Like I still wouldn't say I wouldn't bet on them making it, but I I just think they they have a chance. Like this team this team has a chance. Uh, something else that's great like I think the Thunder are, is the press. Alex, have you been to the press in Oklahoma City? I have not been home since they opened. Well, well, you, tell me about it. When you come home, you should go to the press. It's uh, located in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. Uh, they've got a great brunch. They've got a great drink selection. They've got really good cocktails. They have a lot of beer to try there. Uh, it's a good place to go watch a game. So if you uh, don't have tickets to the Heat game and you're like, man, I need a place to watch it with my friends, you could go to the press. They have plenty of seating. Uh, they have two bars that are open. Uh, my favorite thing on their menu by far is their... What, bu- is it a salad? Is it a salad, It Andrew? is not. It's their buffalo oh. mac and cheese. It has radiatory pasta, buffalo chicken strips, green onion, blue cheese with a ranch drizzle. Whew. 
It's amazing. Uh, they do have a pressed cop salad, which is <laughs> very good. The, the same makers of the the fine salads at Anchor Down. I, I I'm not joking about the salads, man. Like they're really good. They're so good. Um, but you got to check out the press. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at the press. Uh, so Alex, let's uh, let's talk about this week in Thunder history. This week in Thunder history, Andrew, how many how many weeks in a row have I done this? I feel like uh, someone out there, some enterprising entrepreneur, needs to make me a theme song. <laughs> This week in Thunder History. Uh, Okay, so this week in Thunder History, I'm actually talking about an individual game. A game that I have no recollection of. (laughs) But it was a very good game. And so I'm going to describe it to you and see if it jogs your memory, perhaps. Because it actually occurred on March 21st, 2014. Anything yet? Anything? Not, you remember? A, not a thing. Not a thing. Okay. Well, we'll get this, Andrew. Just as this season, one of the best games of the season was at Toronto. That was a great game, wasn't it? You like that? Yeah, it was wonderful. Well, back in 2014, another game at Toronto. A 119 to 118 double overtime victory for the Thunder. Whoa. Let me tell you about this game. First of all, Russell Westbrook had to live leave midway through the third quarter with an apparent knee injury. Oh, people thought he had he had torn his ACL, but he was fine. He was fine. It turned out. Okay, so at the end of regulation, it was tied. Right, Thunder had plenty of time to get off a shot. Get this, KD was double teamed beyond the three point line. Great defense. Uh, he tried to pass it to Derek Fisher. He couldn't get a shot off. Okay, so we go to overtime. <laughs> Not that surprising. Uh, we skip to double overtime now. Toronto starts with an 11-3 run, okay? So they take an eight-point lead with 49 seconds left. And guess what would happen, Andrew? OKC would score nine points in the next 46.9 seconds. Now, as part of that run, Derek Fisher, who was one for seven from three at that point, hit a three-pointer with 15.7 seconds left. Then after Fisher's three, Jeremy Lamb. Do you remember him? <gasps> Jeremy Lamb, yes. He, he tipped the inbounds pass. According to the News OK article, the ball squirted <laughs> into Katie's hands. <laughs> Katie attacked the basket, and he was fouled by John Salmons. But, Andrew, it wasn't called. Mm, shadows of this recent game with DeMar DeRozan, you know? <laughs> okay. So then Salmons, he takes the ball down the court. He was fouled by OKC, but get this. Shadows of tonight, he missed both free throws. Okay? So OKC gets the rebound. They call a timeout. So they're down by two at this point. Listen to this. They set up their final play. You're never going to guess what it was. Kevin Durant, 31-foot shot with (laughs) 1.7 seconds left. He makes it, and OKC wins 119 to 118 in double overtime. Afterwards, KD is so excited. He has all his teammates sign the ball that he used in the game. <laughs> that, that part's true. That, I thought that was a little weird. It's like, oh, it's just a regular season game, Katie. <laughs> I don't know why you're that excited. I mean, it was a good game. You know. Katie's such a weirdo. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I have, do, you, do you remember that game at all? I don't. <laughs> I have no recollection of it. It sounds like it was great. <laughs> sounds like it was really exciting. <laughs> Do not remember it. <laughs> oh, man. So much Derek Fisher hijinks going on in that game. 
Yes. <laughs> um, all right, Andrew, are you ready to move on to my game? I think so. So, Andrew texted me tonight and said, hey, can we podcast tonight? So I had to come up with a game on the spot, okay? okay. But I've had this one in my back pocket, all right? <laughs> okay. This is the basketball reference nickname game, okay? Okay, okay. How this game is played. First of all, basketball reference, great site for stats. If you love stats, you go there, you click on a player's name. They have all of his nicknames, including the ones you've never heard of before. And so this game is based on that. But here's the thing, Andrew. I'm going to mix in fake nicknames that I made up. Okay. okay? okay. So you have to tell me whether these are real name, real nicknames of not only current Thunder players, but also past Thunder players. Or if I've made them up, okay? Okay. And I have a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one, Royal Ivy. Okay. Nick, nickname, Cheese. Oh, man. That can't be real. That is correct. No, that's false, Andrew. Royale with Cheese. It, cheese is real. What? You are 0 for 1. <laughs> what? That is on his basketball reference page. I'm sorry. Cheese. Cheese. I did not expect you to miss that one. I thought that was an easy one up front. Okay. You didn't get it. Okay. Number two, Daquan Cook. All right. Okay. Daquan Cook, nickname, The Chef. Um, that's real. That is correct, Andrew. Okay. Good job. Okay, you're on the board with one point. <laughs> All right, number three, Nanad Christic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nickname, Ballistic Christic. <laughs> oh. oh. Man. That's real. <laughs> How did you? That's true. It is real, but I thought that was so ridiculous. It sounds like something I would make up. Yeah, that's I. I haven't really think through these. I can't. I'm trying not to overthink it. Well, because he's he went ballistic. He threw the chair, right? That's true. Maybe the, I didn't. I didn't make that connection, but that could possibly be what it is. I was more focused on the rhyme itself. Okay, which I was very creative. Okay, number four, Robert Swift, nickname Bigfoot. Oh, boy. I'm going to say that's not real. You are correct. I made that up. Okay. <laughs> but that's pretty good, right? That's pretty good. It made me think twice. <laughs> All right. Number five, Kyle Singler. Nickname Forever Singler. <laughs> that's not real. Okay. Well, okay, fine. Fine. That one wasn't real. I didn't spend that much time on that one. That was more of a joke. <laughs> okay. Number six. Nick Collison, Nick Collison, Mr. Thunder, nickname Lunch Pail. Oh, boy. Lunch Pail. Lunch Pail. Nick Collison. Uh, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That is not true. I made that up, but let me tell you something. I was trying to come up with name nicknames for Nick Collison. I came up with Lunch Pail and Hard Hat, okay? Yeah. Those are I came up with those nicknames. I went to Taj Gibson's page. Mm-hmm. His nicknames are Lunch Pail and Hard Hat. <laughs> yeah, I mean those those are like definite like ones that you could give to Nick. Um, right. Apparently, people call him Dirty. They call Nick Dirty. 
Really? Dirty Nick Collison? Yeah, because he does the dirty work. I don't know. It just makes me hate Nick Collison when I hear that. <laughs> um, okay, number seven. We're halfway done. Andrew, you have uh, your four and two. Four and okay. two currently. Okay. An- Anthony Morrow. Anthony Morrow. Nickname Chocolate Rain. True. That is true. That is true. I thought you might know that one. I did know that one, yeah. Okay, number eight. Morris Peterson. Also known as Mo Pete. Nickname Shotgun. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have no idea. I'm going to go ahead and say that's made up. That is true. His nickname is Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Shotgun. Shotgun. Okay, uh, number nine. Kyle Weaver. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Nickname Special K. Oh man, that sounds like a dumb one that you would make up, but also could be real. Uh, ooh, I'm going to say it's made up. It is made up. <laughs> Very good guess. <laughs> okay, uh, number ten, Josh Hustis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nickname Guy. <laughs> That's not real. Okay, fine. Yeah, you you got that. That's okay, me. yeah. Uh, okay, number eleven, Norris Cole, nickname Coltrane. True. Correct. You're on fire. You've gotten three in a row. Whew. All right, two left, and then we have a final round. Okay. 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 Second class, number twelve, Mitch McGarry, nickname the Monster. True. That is true. That is true. Did you know that? It sounded like you knew that. I've been on his basketball reference page recently, McKellie, and I <laughs> talked a lot about Mitch McGarry a few episodes ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, number 13, Jeremy Grant. Nickname, Bounce House. No. Okay, fine. That's true. But isn't that a pretty good name? <laughs> I guess. He, bounce House because he's bouncy, you know? He jumps. <laughs> I felt like that was a pretty good nickname. All right. Uh, And he doesn't have any nicknames on his basketball reference page. I would call him uh, Stuffing. Stuffing. (laughs) He's always stuffing something. Stuffing someone or stuffing the ball in the hoop. (laughs) All right. Now, this last, this is the final round, Andrew. Let's see how many you've gotten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're ten and three. Okay, but you have to get this last one in order to collect all your points. It don't mean anything. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm going to give you five nicknames for Dion Waiters. Oh, boy. Okay? okay. But one of them is false. Four of them are completely real. Okay. okay. So I just have to name which one is false. You just have to name which one is false. Okay. All right. First nickname, Downhill Dion. And you can wait till I'm done. Wait till I'm done. Wait till okay. I'm done. First name, downhill Dion second nickname headache third nickname neon Dion fourth nickname Kobe Wade and the final nickname Google me neon Dion's not real that is correct the number one Dion waiters fan gets it right yes I knew Kobe Wade was real um what was the last one Google me. Yeah, I knew that that Did was you know headache. <laughs> I didn't know headache, but it seemed like like that's not one that you would make up, though. Really? Because I feel like I would have. 
Yeah, it's uh on. that I just I just know my Dion. I love you, Dion. Shout out to Dion. <laughs> He's coming back healthy better than ever next year. <laughs> uh well congratulations. You went eleven and three. That's pretty good. It's a very good record. I know my nicknames, I, I guess. <laughs> uh alex you got anything else that you need to get off your chest before we're done here uh yes okay (laughs) hey westbrook's last shot tonight Mm -hmm. i didn't mention this but did you notice how he was like wide open when he caught it yeah completely wide open he's way out there though it was like the same spot he took that three in denver from exactly and i think he was so surprised that he was open that he like thought, well, I guess I should step in to make it like a little bit better of a shot. Mm-hmm. But then he didn't get it off in time. I, I, I'm telling you, Andrew, I think if he had just taken that shot from where he caught it, Thunder would have won. It's not like Westbrook to, uh, to hesitate like that. And I know it was like weird. That. It yeah. was really weird. I just thought he would grab it and shoot it. Yeah. That was so I, weird. I didn't like that. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you listeners with this. The, uh, Utah Jazz defense that's so highly touted allowed Dennis Schroeder to score 41 points tonight. So, uh, in your face, Utah. And thanks for listening to our podcast. Uh, you guys are just awesome. Like, we just have the best listeners. You guys continue to leave those five star reviews. Keep doing it. I know that there's a lot of you that are listening right now and you know, I, I haven't had a chance to do it or I don't have an iPhone or I don't have, you know, Apple Podcasts or anything like that. Like, there's a way to do it. So one of your coworkers has an iPhone. Somebody has one. Just take it out. I don't care whose name it's under, but leave us a five star review if you have a chance. Uh, that really helps us out a lot. Uh, just follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. He is hilarious and a great Thunder follow. You can follow us at Down to Dunk. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Uh, again, we just appreciate you guys. We love doing this, and you're the reason that we get to. So we will talk to you guys again on Friday. Until then, have a wonderful day.